today's visit is even more different uh, because we are not really in your studio at the moment, are we? Mm, I wish. <laughs> 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 this would be fancy. <laughs> fancy studio. Yeah. In the center uh, of Helsinki. <laughs> we are, in fact, in the Lucan space. Culture center. Culture center. Uh, at Polo Laminen exhibition. And the reason for this is so that we can have your work uh, shot in its proper exhibition uh, form. Yeah, and my surname is Lamanen. Lamanen, sorry. And it is uh, like a small llama <laughs> in Finnish. <laughs> Do you have any llamas? Somewhere? We have a, a lot of um, plush llamas at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that must be a good inside joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we will see where you work a bit later. We will teleport, but. At this point, we are here. Tell us a little bit about about yourself, about what you do. Ah, oh, long story. <laughs> uh, maybe I've maybe we can start with the exhibition because it's right behind us. Sure, sure. Yes, the exhibition is in a way a retrospective already. <laughs> First one and already a retrospective <laughs> because it has uh, uh, many collections present. Uh, there is uh, one which was my first uh, um, attempt to create uh, original art uh, because I, uh, originally I started with with the um, jewelry art. I was creating jewelry since 2016 and uh, participated in different uh, fairs, uh, expos and everything showing uh, jewelry. But then moving to Finland, moving like it's it became more... Can we say that you are an embroidery artist? Yes. Because that's your main medium. Yes, I do identify as an embroidery artist and a textile artist because I also use a lot of textile and uh, I modify textile to do my embroidery pieces. Uh, this is why sometimes embroidery people say that I don't do exactly embroidery. <laughs> the, <laughs> the embroidery community. <laughs> yes, the embroidery community. <laughs> they know me, but they fight <laughs> sometimes against me because it is not a traditional technique in which I'm working. It is a, in a way a technique which I invented myself. I saw it in a dream and then I um, make it real. And it was amazing. So I continue working with that. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, of course, if you are an artist, you're not going to only stick to the very traditional, although there are these artists as well, but kind of in the core is to experiment different things and try yeah, to. Yes, I, I love to experiment. Maybe in a way it shows that I have a chemical engineering degree. <laughs> it's a small lab of experiments <laughs> which I run. I did see that on your website and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not random at all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, it gives me the freedom to use the materials, not how it's written on them to use them in a way. Because when you go to this um, classic shop with uh, uh, supplies, uh, the consultant will come to you and say like, oh, this is for this kind of technique and you use it like this, like this and like that. 
and then you're like, oh, what if I apply it for the fabric or what if I do something like this? And no, 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 <laughs> this is not how you should use this. But uh, I definitely don't listen to those people. <laughs> Yeah, and we're going <laughs> to see afterwards in the... Because, the, the, I mean, this is how interesting work gets done when you try to do something else that has been decided for this material. Yes, initially. I am brave enough to try. Mm. Um, maybe a step back, because you said came to Finland. Uh, we, maybe it's good to say where you're from originally and how you ended up where you are right now. Yeah, uh, originally I'm from St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, I lived all my life there, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I was raised in a family by a single mom who believed that uh, you need to be with a profession <laughs> to be successful in this world. And you see, I don't listen to that either. <laughs> what did she do? What was her profession? Uh, she works in a theater. <laughs> She speaks from experience, <laughs> uh, but she also has a degree in mechanical engineering or something and her uh, diploma was about some making machinery for making shoes or something like that, like, like this kind of stretching leather on some kind of mm, boulders or items to create some kind of shapes. Um, but yeah, but uh, it's quite common in Russia that people have some degree and it has nothing to do with what they are actually doing in their life. And uh, yeah, <laughs> not a surprise. So how did you jump from engineering into embroidery? Um, well, of course, I was always creative. I was always trying different things. I was trying felting, crocheting, sewing, like various uh, crafting techniques I would say like they were always related with the fibers or some in a way uh, but after finishing my university I tried I, I had an attempt to run a small business um, but it didn't work out I was like sewing some bags and making some dolls it was like very weird but yeah I gave on, uh, that, <laughs> that up uh, and got a n normal job in the office. Then I had a career in uh, IT as a customer service person, also speaking in English to very, very angry people around the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's and then uh, I met my husband and uh, he was working in a Finnish company in a small town in between uh, Russia and Novgorod, uh, in between St. Petersburg and Novgorod, sorry. Um, it's like 120 kilometers or something from St. Petersburg, so we had this kind of long distance thing going on and I gave up my job to give a try for the relationship and moved to a very small town where there was uh, one post office, one restaurant and one cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I'm very <laughs> curious now, how did you meet a person from that was living in such a so tiny town and you were living in uh, it's such a different environment? Well, Tinder exists in the small towns ah. also. <laughs> okay, that explains it. <laughs> and of course, you don't spend your weekends in the small place. You go to St. Petersburg to enjoy culture and food and everything. 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, I had only one day off on the weekends. I was working on Sundays, so it was like one day relationship in a way, in a week, because like it was not otherwise possible. Uh, but I felt that this is important and I gave everything up, I moved to a small town and I didn't want to work uh, at the mill, I didn't want to work at some weird place in a small town, so I had kind of all the time in the world to explore myself. Um, that is when I started exploring and pretty much came up with my own embroidery technique and then got a lot of clients around uh, the world, around Russia. I had lines of people queuing to get uh, the items because uh, most popular ones were the chickens, roosters, uh, onions and uh, flamingos. That's well, like people were actually fighting to get those things. <laughs> Interesting combination of things like, okay, chickens, Roosters, flamingos, or birds. Yeah, then yeah. there's the onion in the middle. Well, yeah, the onion was again experimentation because yeah, the, in my dream I saw a blue parrot with a um, tail and wings made of ribbons, and the rest made kind of more this um, not satin stitch, more like a embroidery, like volume embroidery, a little bit of um, mix of techniques. Uh, but in a way a combination of these two because if you look at the ribbon embroidery it is actual ribbon in the needle which goes through fabric and that is the technique but I thought that that uh, makes huge holes in the fabric uh, and it doesn't give the realistic look of the element in a way kind of there are amazing amazing samples of course of ribbon embroidery but for me there was still this limitation on that you need to fight with this <laughs> huge hole <laughs> through which the ribbon goes through so I thought that I would cut the elements and then apply them like sequins or beads this is also embroidery when you use the elements and kind of <laughs> make them together so yeah I created the elements and made everything happen and then I also use some feathers and some fur in some <laughs> items. I have to admit that I know nothing about embroidery and <laughs> textile art in general is uh, a little bit of this uh, unknown to me. So I probably can't ask you very smart questions about it. But uh, I can ask other stuff around it <laughs> <laughs> that I think, uh, I mean, that is just interesting to me. Um, is it important for you to have the handmade element so that you actually make it yourself? Have you thought about just outsourcing that to somebody else? Just tell them, hey, you should do this and this and they do it. Uh, when I had a lot of um, clients in the waiting list for the mm, jewelry, I was trying to kind of uh, get some of the work done by other person but I had to fix so much mm. that kind of I was like it was helping a little bit and I was providing a working <laughs> space for a person in the small town yeah it was kind of nice but in a way it was not nice because the person didn't want to learn actually that it was not developing I was trying to kind of 
mm. grow the person to be to do what I actually need, but it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. So I had to give that up because of course, if there are a lot of clients, I cannot be so productive to create everything. But in, in a way, I am the only one who cre can create these uh, birds. Like nobody in the world is doing this. Mm. But of course, I can teach somebody and kind of supervise. But that is a, it's, then the items also should be much more expensive because I need to provide working space. I need to then sell even more to be able to cover all that. Mm. So at that point, you were uh, kind of looking at your work as more as a business than as art. Yes, I would say so, that I was this uh, artisan with a small business and I did not consider myself as an artist just yet. Mm. But uh, I saw the interest from around the world when people from states were reposting my art from Asia, like I have, have a collector from uh, Malaysia who have like, I don't know, 20 pieces from jewel, like jewelry time pieces. <laughs> so that I think that's a lot. And the people were always like asking, do I have something new coming? It's like <laughs> something else than birds. <laughs> Please, <laughs> some garlic <birds>. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had some other experiments. I made fishes. I had also one um, bigger uh, client like um, fish selling business who was ordering the fishes as their corporate gift. So I was making like every year like 20 or 40 pieces of fishes and packing them nicely for the company and that felt quite cool. And there was a potential there because in a way working um, with fighting for every single client is a very big struggle. and. Uh, uh, Especially moving here, there is not such a big market for jewelry and fighting for each single sale become so painful and so frustrating that I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. Yeah, coming to Finland, when did you come to Finland? Uh, it was uh, December 2019. Uh, I just signed the contract to publish a book uh, in Russia. So all uh, January and February, I was locked up uh, in alone <laughs> in the flat writing the book. And then what? <laughs> Corona came and, then and I was locked up again. <laughs> then you kept being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then I also got pregnant and I was again kind of continuing this uh, experience of experiencing the flat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck or good luck? It depends yeah. when you look at it. I think it was good. I think uh, that gives you a lot of time to do your work. Yes. And yeah, moving to here gave me a perspective. Like I had, I had to look at what I do and see like where do I go actually. Mm. Yeah, because. As we see, you don't, you didn't just stick to the uh, making jewelry as a small business. Uh, yes, I kind path. of slowly even go away from that, but I still take some commissions. Of course, I cannot uh, say complete now yet, <laughs> but maybe sometime. Yeah, it, it's, it's this, it's this balance that you are having, as I see it. Like 
uh, because I see you have also an Etsy shop where you sell your work. Yeah, I just shipped one item today before oh. we met. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's a congratulations if you are used it's to good, doing it's that. It's good, it's good. It is a, always a very warm uh, feeling to hear this cha-ching. I <laughs> 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 think nobody can be like, no, 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 no. Please <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Why did you decide to move from that? I mean, if you, if you had a successful business for yourself, mm. what made you same because I, I felt that I can do more, I can be bigger than that, and I want to experiment more. Uh, so after I moved to Finland, I started experimenting with what I actually can create, and that ended up being this botanical series. They are pure my skill and effort. Like They, they don't have many stories behind, of course, some of the uh, botanical items which I embroidered, they do, like I do like them. I do have like some connection to them in a way, but still um, that is, uh, uh, was the aim to show my skill mainly. Mm. You mentioned stories. I usually ask people about the themes in their work, what, what the, their work is about. Do you now have some sort of story about your work? Uh, yes, I have um, two collections going on. Uh, one is uh, eyewear. Uh, it's a, a collection of embroidered uh, eyewear, which represents the way and By I eyewear, you mean glasses? Yes. <laughs> Just, well, just to make sure. <laughs> it's uh, like there is no glass. <laughs> glass <laughs> frames. Glass frame. Uh, yes, I, 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 don't, I don't know what is that. And s sometimes uh, I also start kind of breaking the whole frame to create something different. So it's in a way a jewelry, in a way it's a wearable item, which is a piece of art, which has a connection to a uh, political moment or a reference in an art field or in a, my personal art career. So yeah, and that collection is developing. I have some other uh, <laughs> eye frames <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting. No, I mean, of course, when you say it and when, when, when you see them, uh, it makes more sense to say I wear because it's obviously not glasses anymore. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, glasses were the kind of starting point. I found an eyewear piece uh, from like 1920s, 1930s, which is uh, was meant for a child. So I will probably make that one next and see what that child could see through the eyewear. Where do you do you go to secondhand places and pieces and those? Yeah, I go to those stores and I also follow this story pistafi thing. <laughs> Not an advertisement. <laughs> Not sponsored now. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's peculiar what the people have in their possession and what they kind of sell that because the windows I also find on Tori, they were all bought in here in Finland. People sell those, those types of windows. Yes. Oh, okay. So yes, the other collection is the neighbor's windows. And uh, the first window I made as an impression on, on Finland in general. It has some 
uh, Finnish uh, design uh, brands of uh, tableware and uh, floral elements. And yeah, that's a still life composition, which is kind of floating in the air in the window. And uh, the idea was to show how the life of the person could be behind that window. And the, the collection grows. I had uh, two residences this year and in both of them I created uh, one more window. So there is a Kalasatama neighbor's window and Hakaniemi neighbor's window. They were somewhere here. <laughs> now we'll, uh, we'll show them a bit more in detail. <laughs> They're not just going to float in the background <laughs> later. Yeah. And those uh, window frames I found here in Finland. The mm. big one for Hakeniemi, I was carrying it from Ruohalahti with the baby stroller. <laughs> that was a I usually use a bike for these things, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a journey. And uh, I have some other windows already prepared, which I found in other places. Like some of them, I had a trip to Esbos, I had a trip to Kerava to pick up some window frame. People have them, yes. <laughs> well, there are also those uh, containers that people usually throw their furniture in. Sometimes those also have window frames. Okay, those I have not been checking. No. Because it's so also hard to know where the container will be. There's like a I Facebook don't. group. Ah. <laughs> will you send me the link? <laughs> if you're interested, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, I am interested. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that this uh, thing with the windows, it seems, I mean, it's not how you treat it. Uh, but I have also spoken with other people and for me personally, it's also been interesting and I, I, I have a theory about it and that's because people here usually don't use uh, curtains. Yeah, they just have true. their window open and then you can see the whole room if it's not very high up, of course. Uh, and, and that's something that at least in Bulgaria, people don't do that. People would just put their curtains and would be like, I don't want my neighbors to see me what I'm doing. Yeah. But here they don't care. Or they have such a pretty life <laughs> and they want to show it. I don't know. Ah, that could be. I mean, yeah, homes here are very curated. I would say that uh, I was very surprised how the home culture is here. Like in, in Russia, people would buy like can we say brands? Yeah, it's okay to say brands, like IKEA furniture, IKEA. <laughs> like everything is IKEA and every house is the same. But here, yes, there is IKEA, of course, like we cannot avoid uh, these uh, uh, cheaper items. Uh, but still, there is so much of attention to the house that people are putting more attention to their house and their surrounding at home than uh, to their appearances. So people use less fancy jewelry, less fancy clothing, but they have fancier home. Uh, and in Russia, it was kind of opposite. The people would look like with uh, some new dress, new earrings, sparkles, like, I don't know, everything is like on them, on them, but not at home. At home, it would be already like broken uh, wallpaper and they would not care in a way. Here people also are spending a lot of time home. They go less to eat out less because it's also maybe less affordable 
to mm. be spending time outdoors in a way like uh, we would say even not very rich people in Russia go much more often <laughs> to eat outdoors <laughs> which is weird but for them it's a norm it's a norm to have a coffee with uh, some cake or something and here some of the relatives they never go for a coffee I would usually blame that on the cold but then in Russia it's cold as well yeah it's the same weather so you cannot blame the weather <laughs> hmm. it's the way people uh, think about the money and how they want to spend it and in a way maybe in my home country people want to feel good in the moment feel good about how people see them in that moment but when they come home people don't see them so it can be different so but here people want to feel good at home and they don't care about anything else i don't know hmm, yeah, that's interesting points but culturally it's definitely very different so mm. i'm still i'm still uh, trying to apprehend and when you move away uh, somewhere else it's you start seeing things in your home cu culture like more clearly also things that you didn't necessarily see before that you just take for granted that's true when you're able to compare with another one yeah that actually government can take care of <laughs> citizens <laughs> surprise <laughs> let's get back to your work because after all, this is the reason we are here, specifically in this space. Yes. Um, you've been pretty active lately, I feel like, with the exhibitions. Yes, why not? <laughs> <laughs> By all means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I am trying to show my work. I, am, uh, I know that uh, what I do is very unique. So I'm trying to make it more visible. Which, of course, everybody should be doing with their work. Yes, I am self-promoting. <laughs> and that probably comes also from your business background with the jewelry, Some, somewhat. Uh, well, in a way, I believe that uh, artists should be present in the Instagram. They should be present there personally. They should make the case like why they are doing what they are doing what is the meaning of all this and like show their process show behind the scenes like sh show all this and yeah because otherwise it doesn't work in a way you if you are not visible you don't exist unfortunately and who are your main audiences in those in instagram for example uh it is quite hard to say now uh, because the audience have changed a lot with the political situation and uh, with the move and like the main following which I had uh, in Russia it was like I don't know 25,000 or something people and I lost so much like now I, my account is not growing it's kind of downscaling in a way because of political reasons people did not agree with what I was saying because of uh, prices because yes the life in Finland is uh, more expensive than in my home country and I cannot afford to have the same prices 
and uh, yeah I started creating other pieces not jewelry so if people were following me for jewelry I don't show it that much anymore I can show like throwback Thursday <laughs> but it's not like it's a new thing so well, I guess it's normal I mean if you change your attention from the jewelry business towards more of an artistic practice yeah it's in a way kind yes. of starting from zero to create this new audience but i'm dragging along those people like oh, come on check this <laughs> <laughs> this is also good please <laughs> give it a go how do you find time for everything because some people might say that this uh, social media game is very time consuming and your your practice is very time time consuming as well yes not to mention other life <laughs> Yes, that's all true. I am doing a lot, but still since the last residency, which was in September, I did not do even one stitch after the residency because of the lack of time. Yeah, and uh, of course not having a space and working from home is uh, very hard. And also having this entrepreneur life you need to send so many emails, you need to communicate so much with people, you need to write grant proposals. It takes so much of workload that I did not have time to do the actual work, which is overwhelming and sad because I really want to continue mm, creating pieces for these collections because I have an upcoming exhibition in September also where I want to like show the final <laughs> collection of the neighbor's windows. Like yeah. next September? Yeah, next September. Where? Uh, Asbestos Gallery. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I need to do the work. I oh, but there is quite a lot of time until September, it's now uh, but if we look at the windows, uh, the first one, it took over a month to create Oh, full-time work. So, yeah, the other ones were faster. They were in residences. I had a limited time and limited kind of... I had to improvise in a way and experiment more to be able to finish the piece with a, um, s this smaller time span. But yet, I want to create also bigger window with a more de detailed embroidery, and that will take time. So, of course, mm. that's a big challenge. If I don't get support, I don't know how I could do that, but I hope <laughs> mm. <laughs> that it's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's the core problem of every artist out there, honestly. Unless they have some inheritance. Unless. <laughs> so, is your goal to fully move from the from the business to, well, okay, not maybe from the business because art, art can be also art a business. Art is also a business. But like from the jewelry to exhibition form? Yes, I would say so. I want to continue exploring. Uh, like I, I have several collections in my mind which I want to create uh, because in uh, the last residency, I also had an attempt to combine embroidery and tufting and uh, I will not continue that particular collection, but I like the idea and I will I would like to do that kind of this uh, immersive uh, tufted frames for the embroidery and I see it very beautifully in my head <laughs> But it needs time and uh, yeah, it's a I hope 
the upcoming year I will be creating eyewear and the neighbors windows mm. that is the main thing which I will be doing if there is some extra work I will be doing extra work but the combination of tafting and embroidery will be moved um, after September is there some specific focus on the window um, collection like do you have a like a unified angle that you look at it from or what are is there something uniting the different windows apart from the fact that they're windows yes it's um, uh, a way that I want to look how people live in different neighborhoods because they are also related to those neighborhoods I was uh, walking around Kalasatama checking like how people live which curtains they use and they had a very busy life they were always like with running with newspaper <laughs> jamming some candies <laughs> with newspaper yeah you would be surprised yeah there were a lot of people who were kind of up to date with news and very hectic a little bit business style surrounding in that neighborhood and in, in Hakaniemi it was more calm in a way kind of it's a very different feeling and I hope to explore other areas and create the windows with uh, the other moods of hmm. uh, Helsinki or Usima capital region. Well, if you take on the whole capital region, that's going to be a life's work <laughs> <laughs> because there's quite a lot of neighborhoods. Yes, yes, but it depends. Was it last year that you were in the uh, you, you had an interview for Vogue Scandinavia? Yes, twenty twenty two. Yes, and that was about um, eyewear. Uh, well, they yes, uh, my pitch for them was the eyewear, and I created one piece just before the interview, so that piece got selected for the feature, plus some of my other botanical artworks. Did that somehow affect your practice after that? Does an interview in Vogue mean anything, practically? Uh, except of people saying, wow. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I didn't notice <laughs> much difference. But uh, I hope that in the long run it will uh, still matter to have that line in my CV. So, mm. so we have teleported ourselves to Paula's workspace, aka your home. <laughs> yes. And uh, from moving on from here. You have had the studio in the past, you mentioned. Uh, yes, I was renting a space uh, not very far from my home in a very big uh, kind of industrial building with many weird industrial firms. It was uh, nice uh, to have a space where you don't need to clean up every day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was lacking a lot the community part like I was still alone in the space and uh, the motivation of going there in a way was also kind of very low because uh, there was like there nothing around like cemetery and some tracks so of course uh, you don't even have an opportunity to grab a coffee on the way <laughs> Uh, yeah, and yeah, that was not ideal, but it helped me in a way to record some things because I rented a studio because I got a um, kind of into entrepreneurial startup program uh, with the 
idea of creating an online school uh, making embroidery and uh, yeah I filmed some of the uh, tutorials and I wanted to launch my uh, program in February and a lot of things have changed in that time so I had to let it go in a way but at some point you are planning to have a studio again uh, yes, I am planning to have a studio. I am hoping to find a space with other creatives uh, because in the residencies I figured out that it was very nice to have these small breaks with the creative talks and that is the way a motivation to go to the studio, a motivation to try something new and to create something new and in a way a competition. I'm a competitive person. I see how other people like create something big and I'm like, what, what? I also need to create something big or something <laughs> or bigger or something. Like I, I need to challenge myself more or like these ideas, they're floating in the air so close to you that you are getting influenced by them and they can make you do something what you have not imagined before yeah yeah definitely i think that it's it's very useful to have other like-minded people around and push each other in a way even if, it, if it's not yeah, direct competition <laughs> it's also support just, like yeah. if you have a bad day you can just talk about it and it feel a little bit better Mm. Because you can swear and like say bad things and just support something, <laughs> some bad situation too. It's it's nicer to have support. Yeah, but at this point you are creating all your work here on that desk there in the back. Well, I also have uh, uh, portable uh, legs of, on which I can place my art and kind of move my working space around uh, that helps a lot and i can also raise it up uh, put it lower and it uh, is nice because i cannot actually work on the table if i do embroidery on a l larger scale it's only for the small artworks like in the hoop then i can sit there or on the couch or whenever but if um, we're talking about the window frames then i have to have a little bit other setup yeah, because you need to kind of Some, get to the other side. Something needs to hold the window. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I don't have. Like I need to um, put the needle in, take the needle out, and somebody needs to hold the window. <laughs> so <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Mm, yeah, having two more arms would solve it, but <laughs> we don't have that opportunity. But then it would be very difficult to find clothes because all the clothes have only two holes for two arms and then if you have four mm. you have to adjust everything. Creative people can solve that, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it just complicates things, yeah, I'm saying. Maybe more than finding a place for holding a window. Well, all, all new things are in the beginning complicating everything but then uh, along the way you learn to use them and kind of find the right process they're making your life easier so if you could add two more arms would you yes yes definitely <laughs> um in the meantime how how much of a space do you have to work how, how big is kind of the area here um 
uh, I don't need that much space for my work now with the current projects but of course in my head I have some uh, huge huge projects which for which I would need like a big space big time <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it all depends on the current project and now I am working on the neighbors windows or eyewear and uh, both I can do at home um, but it's also like a very long stretch I can do it at home I have two small toddlers and I need to be cleaning up the space every time I need to be aware where the needles are where the scissors are all the time so it is making it very very hard to do the work at home although they, they go to kindergarten I guess yes yes but they are not here now yeah. <laughs> but they do come back so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes unexpectedly early so yeah have you tried working with some other medium or are you persisting only on embroidery? Uh, I really like uh, drawing, painting, I like watercolors. I do work with them like when I do the sketches or when I explore the color combinations and I have some uh, embroidery series which I'm working now. They are embroidery on the paper and I first uh, do watercolors on paper and then do embroidery. So in a way it's a kind of a challenge to work with, with a hard surface and add volume to watercolor artwork. Um, but still I would say that I am textile and embroidery artist first. Mm. And of course I also do the pictures. We account photography as an art form also, so yeah. And I do a lot of uh, artistic pictures of my artworks. Um, some of them were also featured in the magazines, like for example, I created a rooster and hand brushes, and then I broke some eggs and I made like a, a still life setup where these hands and roosters were coming out of these eggs. So like it's a, Art, art photography in a way but uh, it's just me presenting my work but then the photography is still kind of photography of the work and you're not exhibiting that on its own yeah but I, I am still playing with the idea that I could actually create also fine art pictures with embroidered objects and mm. show the pictures and also it was an interesting experiment to make a close-up a picture of embroidery and printed like large scale and that looked very like abstract and uh, peculiar so that is also um, one of the <laughs> huge list yeah. of things I could do <laughs> you could also use printed images and then do embroidery on top of them yes yes I have tried that also I also have one um, artworks uh, artwork collection in mind where uh, I want to have a very high quality print on fabric ordered from some place. I haven't found a place yet because I don't want it to be like peeling off. <laughs> I want it to be like high quality uh, and do embroidery on some areas of that photo and then people would recognize my references right away when they see the artwork and I would really love to do that but 
again uh, everything kind of <laughs> stumbles upon the wall of the funds and uh, possibilities and time yeah yeah of course in the in the realm of ideas of, and thinking you know you can just play around so much more but mm. i have made the pictures i have kind of it's already first steps are done <laughs> in that project yeah, so also. in the future we'll see that happening probably yeah hopefully in the meantime, when you sit to work, do you have some specific routines of how you get into the work or some actions that you do to help you? Oh, I, I, I definitely hate mornings. Like, pff, I cannot do anything in the morning, no matter where I wake up. It's just pff, mornings is, are, are done. <laughs> It's not about even having the first cup of coffee now. Even first cup of coffee, I'm still will be like slowly like what am I doing? <laughs> like if, if everything is already set up, then I may sit there, but still the actual process will not be there hmm. yet. I don't know. I could like reply some emails maybe in the morning. That is more okay work to do what do we consider morning because i mean we're meeting now at 11 which i for me it's still the morning well uh my uh, kid a uh, younger kid wakes up at six <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. so it, it's been a long long morning for me <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's a different thing that's a different morning <laughs> and then you are able to sit you sit and then what happens? Yeah, then usually I go with the flow. I take my materials and start stitching. I can like look at the sketches which I did, but I mostly do freehand stitching right on the fabric. Uh, some Sometimes I do some outline kind of if it is uh, put under the uh, tool, but I do not draw anything on the fabric on which I'm working on. Well, I would imagine it would be very difficult to erase it if you need to erase it. After. Yes, that is a very big problem because um, there are these kind of invisible pens and these water-soluble pens, but the problem is that with time they have tendency to come back. Like, mm. so you have drawn like a circle within which you are creating some embroidery and then you kind of remove the color, everything is nice, everything is fine. And then a couple days later, you have this kind of greenish, ugly line. <laughs> ah, it's not gray, it's some sort of a color. Yeah, it's, uh, it has a color in the beginning, it's like bright pink or bright blue. But when you remove it, it's like it uh, goes away, yeah. but then it reappears and you cannot get rid of it. I hate that, I hate that. I have tried many different pens and all these uh, crafty uh, pens for fabrics are mainly not working. Where do you get your materials? Because I, although there are many shops for threads and stuff, but is there some special place for embroidery people? Uh, Finland is a quite bad place for embroidery people. <laughs> Uh, materials here are hard to find, expensive or impossible to find. So if we are talking about some ribbons which I'm using, those I need to order from Turkey or from some other countries and pay also fees to get them. 
if we are talking about fabrics there are a few shops which sell fabrics but then like it is still very hard to find just the basic kind of canvas style fabric it's kind of in a way non-existent i don't know people don't need it so it's not present in those basic fabric shops so you again have to make a research order it and kind of do this uh, hassling for something what in other country you may just go and buy easily and uh, in a way many things become a hassle and uh, for example i also used some uh, woolen uh, moline threads for embroidery and now i purchased a bunch of them uh, in russia but i cannot get them anymore because of various reasons yeah and i mean i guess embroidery is very niche way yes. to do things so it's generally more difficult than but in a other. way i am also the artist who wants to promote embroidery who wants to kind of show how nice it is to do these things and i hope to bring it again to more visible level because in finland a lot of people are doing knitting crocheting and like maybe some macrame so they do like textile crafts but somehow embroidery is very very far behind i feel like tufting has been on the rise lately yeah that's true that's true they, this is also the reason why i wanted to also try it out and mm. but of course it's different it's different yeah coming back to the the studio setup and like workspace where do you store your art? Mainly on the walls. <laughs> but now they are all in the culture center, Lukan. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have walls, but yeah, of course it's uh, Well, I limited. still I still do have some artworks which are uh, some of them is just a research of the um, stitches which is made like a map. Uh, and the uh, other one is a piece for the book which I published and the other one is uh, related to my daughter. Yeah, no, I mean that when when those works come back from the exhibition. Yeah, they have go. their place here on the walls. What would you say is most important in in the workspace that for you? Uh, for me, the atmosphere, like I need to feel cozy nice and welcomed at the space even if i'm alone there the space need to welcome me kind of and make me feel relaxed and nice and for that they're kind of it can be achieved with plants furniture or some elements some nice coffee <laughs> like there are many ways <laughs> to <course>. please me <laughs> uh, do you get inspiration from other embroidery artists or other forms of art um, I do follow uh, my peers, my colleagues, embroidery artists, and I like to follow their career. And I feel very grateful for uh, the, the opportunities that I see that they exhibited their work somewhere. So I feel like now we're, <laughs> we're getting stronger. <laughs> Our small community is getting stronger. We're stepping up. It's so cool. <laughs> Continue going. Uh, but uh, I, I've noticed that still this uh, community, even though it's so small, 
it's still kind of we don't talk between each other that much even though like you, I, you I'm in this community in Finland or I'm general? in worldwide, worldwide. World, yeah I I don't know it's I uh, I, I think that uh, we should work on that more <laughs> do you know any uh, embroidery artists in Finland um, I have seen some artworks but I don't know anybody personally only in Finland I understood that associations are helping a lot uh, in the visibility and in the artist's presentation um, because they do give the guidance and help when you ask for it like how to do portfolio work the associations do have some workshops and some people f from whom you can ask these questions and elevate your portfolio elevate your cv elevate your presence online and it is a great tool for all starting artists <laughs> in a way like if you're established and so cool and maybe you don't need this support that much but you, then you can give back to the society so mm. it's still great if the established artist is still in the association and kind of continue to pass on the knowledge which they have which ones are you part of i am part of uh, here helsinki international artists association i'm a board member there i'm part of uh, art for all very nice association. I really love what they do. I am part of Global Point. Very nice association. <laughs> I really love what they do. You should check it out if you are in Finland. I am part of Catalysti and your um, Gallery Association. Yeah, they have some very long name in Finnish, but <laughs> mainly the Gallery Association. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and you are actively participating in at least when you're a board member of, of one of those. I guess you you do much more than just being when you when you're just a member. Yes, I actually know all the artists in who are uh, members of the association. I have seen their works. I have edited their works to present it on social media, and I. You mean the Im images of their works? No, kind of um, uh, design-wise, like. <laughs> making it like in a profile picture and the artworks mm. this kind of ed editing templates I don't know like mm, yeah. what is that I, I don't do color correction or uh, smudging their artworks now of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no because editing their artworks could be like you yeah. go there and you paint over no no, no no of, co of course not, not like that <laughs> Of yeah. course, maybe I chose the wrong word, but uh, of course you, please keep in mind, English is not my mother tongue. I do some mistakes along no, the come way. On. It's, it's a possibility. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's great. Yeah, like, totally understandable <laughs> what you're saying. Um, do you go to exhibitions, other exhibitions? Do you visit? Yes, yes. I like visiting exhibitions and museums. Uh, I feel that it's a very it's very good to have this museum card here and uh, spend cold uh, ugly winter days <laughs> inside of museums instead of walking on the piles of snow I'm not a big winter fan <laughs> well in this country you better become one <laughs> I would say 
so where, where do you like to go most often? Where, where, where would you recommend that the exhibitions are good? Uh, I like Design Museum, I like uh, Chiasma, uh, not always, sometimes it's surprisingly disturbing, but uh, <laughs> I still feel very nice in those walls. Um, in Athenium I may feel kind of uh, weird and I do cannot spend very long time in that museum. Uh, yeah, I, uh, maybe Amostrex. Yeah, there you can. Uh, the thing with um, uh, me checking some artworks, I don't uh, go there like this, um, like to check every every single thing, because I uh, have this yearly ticket, so I am not limited with the kind of time that I paid for this ticket, and I have to see everything. No, I go, I, I check one thing, maybe I sit in front of art, one artwork, I kind of soak it in and then I leave. I can like come for a 20 minute visit or something. Mm. I don't have to spend long time there. Have you seen some specific artists that are more inspiring to you? Or what? generally uh, some artists that have influenced your work? Mm. This is a tough question because it uh, requires me to say the names, mm -hmm. which I forget. <laughs> so <laughs> I have the images in my head, but it's hard to put the names. Um, well, if they come to your mind later, you can also yes, of course. Write, write down something and let me know. <laughs> you know on make a voiceover. <laughs> No, but on the on the website of the podcast, I have this uh, recommendations page where people can see all of my guests have recommended other artists that they like. Okay. So it's like a list, growing list of people who inspired other people. That's nice. That's, I, I will think about my selection. Yeah. It's interesting this recording in two places because uh, I feel like we've, we've talked for so little, but then we talked the other day as well, so <laughs> I feel like I missed something, but maybe I didn't. Do you have some other places of inspiration in the city or somewhere around? I do like art supply shops. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a very triggering inspiration points. So you go there, you touch the materials and you just grab something and say to yourself that I will work with this. <laughs> and then you may. <laughs> Not always, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like also to go to art supply stores. Although I really... Really buy something that I don't need in the, in the very moment. Maybe because also, you know, space-wise, it's... I found it, it's important to really think of what you're buying because then you have to store it. And, it's gonna that's take space. True. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, if it's something small, I guess with embroidery, it's not really usually. Yeah, with things. embroidery, I can try something small. Non, I don't need that much. But of course, if we are talking about bigger projects, and for those, I also want some bigger things. But those you don't buy on a whim, like passing by. 
just no. touching some huge metal thing. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I want this. <laughs> I want this. Now. <laughs> now. Yeah. Uh, do you involve your family or friends into your work somehow? No. No, not at all. Yeah, even preparing the frames, I'm still doing all this, uh, like removing the um, bad this. I don't even know what the name is, but when the glass is put, then they put some kind of filling around the glass. Ah, yeah, that. So I if I take the uh, vintage window uh, and without the glass or with the glass and remove the glass, there is still this weird substance which I need to remove. And that is a lot of kind of heavy work physically <laughs> to get rid of that. And that I still do myself. In your works, you have done quite a lot of plants, like bo this botanical line. Uh, have you thought of more like a portraiture type of work to do in the future, or how do you choo how do you choose the object that you are going to form? Yeah, I understand the question. Um, in a way, I still have a lot to experiment with the botanical theme. I do want to add element of uh, human features in artworks, but probably it will be other series already. And yeah, it's. I, I think I am kind of dedicated uh, to one idea and I want to work it thoroughly and then I will allow myself to jump on the next idea and do something else. Even though I kind of could do it now, but mm. I I want to finish the I, uh, full <laughs> right. collection. Do you write it down somewhere if, if some other idea comes up, but it's not the time for it? Do yes, do yes, I, I do write down all the ideas and I do some sketches or and I do some lists of what I want to do and kind of they it is a way to process my thinking and prioritize what is more important what I can let go what is the importance of social media for your work I know that you are very serious on Instagram uh. yeah I, I believe that it is a very important part of uh, visual artists to be actually visible <laughs> so I put a lot of effort into making the videos and photos of my art and be present online. Of course, uh, lately it's been a little bit harder with the, with the time because I, I am a mom uh, of two toddlers and I do have other responsibilities and uh, Finnish winters are dark. <laughs> like there are so many obstacles for content creation but I still try to do my best to keep on showing interesting things to and keep on growing. Mm. Many artists usually say that this, this type of marketing work for, for themselves is very effort-taking and it's like, oh, I don't want to do this because it just requires so much. What would you tell somebody like that to keep themselves motivated to do it? What advice you would give? Uh, uh, visibility in social media gives you um, c credibility in a way, gives the people who buy your work 
feeling that you are serious about it and then you will continue doing it because if you are not doing social media not showing your processes not showing your ideas and your future plans plans not plans it means that kind of the that maybe for you this uh, creation of this art piece was a one-time thing and then kind of you disappear in time and your art will be just that moment and maybe for some artists it's okay but mostly people are supporting artists because of the personality of the artist and if you don't show your personality if you don't show your values if you don't show the ideas behind your pieces then you lose the possibility to sell your art and continue creating thank you thank you for that because i think it's important that i mean of course everybody realizes that it's probably good to to do that but it is sometimes yeah i understand that it's a it's very heavy it's very hard to start it's very hard to make a plan and uh, kind of be consistent because of course many of us have said like okay now now is the time i'm doing it i'm doing it then we post one picture one video and then like fucking <laughs> no this is not for me not anymore and i i feel that i understand that and uh, i also want to help those people so i don't know maybe i will try to establish some helping for Finnish artists. I don't know. That is also one of my plans. Aha. Uh -huh. We will be waiting then to see what happens with that. Yeah, for, for now I'm just uh, uh, doing the social media for the Helsinki International Artists Association and uh, almost every Tuesday I share tips for creating on Instagram. Sometimes it's a selection of reels created by other artists or sometimes it's my personal tips for creatives. So, yeah. From all the channels you are using mostly Instagram or are you using some other? Uh, I use Facebook but very, very badly. Yeah, a little bit of TikTok but I would say that Instagram is the main and I... Uh, I'm aiming now to create a more strong portfolio on Behance because I feel that that is a more professional place to show your projects and I would recommend to people to research that and try to... Behance is more for designers, isn't it? Yes, but if you have commercial projects, you show them mm. there. If mm. you have projects related to some brands, you show them there and I put their sustainability projects, which are like, a, they, it's not the same as my art. It is a different portfolio, but I still want to show my work there because working with uh, businesses is a way to survive. What sustainability projects do you have? Um, I created a series of embroideries with uh, leftovers of threads. I uh, when I create my artworks uh, like all the ends of the threads which I'm not using I'm putting to a jar mm. 
So from uh, one of piles from one of the projects, I took these leftovers and I sealed them in between the, uh, this transparent tulle fabric and then made stitches on top of that. And that create a very nice surface and that can be used like in many ways. So it's in a way like a sample work. Mm -hmm. And in uh, other one, I also added some plastic to embroidery. So it is in a way uh, playing with materials and exploring the materials more like a yeah, sample, embroidery sample, which I present on Behance as a, my personal project. I can show you those, yeah. Yeah, you should, because I haven't seen them. And because I was checking your website and they're not there. No. <laughs> but shouldn't they be there also? Why, sh why, not? why are you separating them like that? Uh, yeah, well, um, I will try to put that there also. Uh, now I'm thinking about my website a lot, that it is, um, it is hard to be creative in many ways and have it all in one place because mm. like if you are a fine ar artist then you have only fine art and you don't show anything else you don't show commercial work you don't show jewelry you don't show like anything else you have like a, a nice uh, scroll of your artworks with descriptions and pictures from the galleries i have pictures from the galleries i have artworks but i also have the jewelry i also have commercial projects and uh, the sustainable sample projects and other things and uh, but also I, well, the way you are describing the sustainable projects that you have there they're also including the threads in some way i mean yes. somehow for me they 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 do connect to the other stuff or may maybe because i haven't seen them i don't know but it's not kind of a final product it's not a uh, object for exhibiting mm. or for sale so but could it be or no. i don't think so it's just like a fun it's ex just exercise a, yeah exercise it's just making um, like playing with the material and thinking that this could lead to something um, more interesting in future to some collaboration with a, a clothing brand or something okay but of course i need to show that and i also uh, put the some of the works uh, in linkedin and I feel that that is also a nice way to show your works and tag the companies and tell them to please check my art, which is related to you or something, <laughs> because the, in there you have more professional approach to the posts. LinkedIn, it's interesting that, I mean, I, I do have LinkedIn, but I'm not really actively using it. You would be surprised. I know some artists who were hired via LinkedIn by people who checked some of the sample works in LinkedIn. Hire as an artist? Yeah, yeah, for artistic work. I am surprised. Thank you, Paula, so much for being on the show. Show. My Podcast. pleasure. <laughs> and good luck with the exhibition. Uh, until when is it running? Uh, it will be until the end of January. So you are welcome to come see it and please let me know what you think. Cultural Center Lucan. Yes.